Hey, it's Radio Free Oz for the week of December 5th, 2011, as we head towards the holidays in the wake of Black Friday. We'll talk about Black Friday in a little bit. And up on gorgeous uh, Whidbey Island is my co-host, David Osmond. What's up, Dave? It's, it's a little less than gorgeous today. Uh, winter's really set, setting in here, kind of, but it's dry, and that's good. And um, what? This is the traditional In Between Our Birthdays show, Pete. Yes, it is, because I was 72 last Tuesday, and this Tuesday you'll be how old? 75. 75. The geezers show. Yeah, the old geezers show. But uh, I remember back in the past, we used to read, back in the 60s, we would read Winnie the Pooh, a very influential book in our uh, early years. Yes, yes. And we would read Eeyore's birthday. Uh, uh-huh. And so, uh, in memory of that, everybody out there has a copy of Winnie the Pooh. I mean, or you've got Winnie Illy Pooh, the Latin version. Uh, yeah. Just read Eeyore's birthday for us, and you'll, 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 a tear and a smile will come into your eye. Did you have a good one, Pete? Oh, I had a very good one. And one of the things that really knocked me for a loop is all the people that came up to my Facebook page and wished me happy birthday. There was like a couple of hundred of them, and it just blew my mind. I was feeling a little lonely down here for this or that reason, and uh, this just really kind of uh, bucked me up. So yeah, it was a uh, it was a good birthday. I had dinner with my uh, I had birthday lunch with Proctor at a Japanese restaurant, and I had birthday dinner with my daughter at another restaurant. And it was just all very good. Good. And, yeah. So. Yeah, these are interesting times, Dave. Well, um, yes, I, I I hear that there's news. I mean, for many people, this will be old news, but for me, it's a, a immediate news. What nine, nine, nine. Yeah. No more campaign. Herman the Clown Kane is down. Herman's down. Well, he he's, he's, he's tried to get down too many times, I guess. Yeah. Well, you know, like like I said, I've always complimented Herman on being the only one of the Republican garden gnomes with a jobs plan. Real simple, too, as he is, which is you want a job, uh, you want to get ahead, give it. That's, it's yeah, that there, it's that simple. Well, he was. That, I, I think maybe it was the bad publicity from the last Fireside Theater Oz <laughs> that got rid of him. That uh, you know, he ca- he had to leave after the merciless satire he was sub- uh, you know submitted to yes. there. Well, you know, I if he'd have only come to me before he joined the Garden Gnomes and said, Peter, should I run? I would say, you know, Herman, it's not a matter of how qualified you are, which of course you aren't in any way. Obviously, you're running because you want to raise your speaking price and you want to sell books. And believe me, that that took off at the beginning. Yeah. But I wanted to tell him, Herman, if you have any deep, dark secrets, they're going to come out. And if they're really bad, you're going to end up toxic. You're not. You, nobody will want you to speak and your books will go into remainder overnight. He wouldn't listen. Of course, he didn't ask. So no, but, but, but if he'd asked, he, if he asked you, you would have said, sure, don't let it happen to you, man. You got some secrets out there? Mm. It destroyed his marriage, I think. His wife is really upset with all of this. She says she's upset with all the publicity. Well, wait till Herman comes home. Oh, boy. Uh, Whack. Oh. Well, and, you, you know, know it's, it's obviously a... 
a, a, a serious serial womanizer situation, which is, and you know, they make these, you know, the '60s movies about uh, TV series about how bad. What am I thinking of? Mad Men, right? About yeah. about the bad old days. The, in the business world, the bad old days are today. You know, except the except women have some laws in their favor, and they can come out in public. And, well, it'd be one thing if Herman was a womanizer. That I don't think that's what got him down. It was the sexual harassment, and in one case, mm-hmm. the alleged sexual assault that brought him down. If they'd have said, "Hey, in his time, look, if if womanizing is enough to bring you down, then uh, Professor Newt is dead in the water." Here's a man who uh, divorced his first wife on her cancer bed to marry a woman he was already having an affair with, and then divorce her to marry a woman he was already having an affair with, the great Callista, which makes me think that he wants to be Roman emperor if his wife's name is Callista. Ooh, that's a spooky idea. But here's my theory, man. Here's my okay. theory, and it's the ultimate theory, and this is going to come true, okay? okay. I believe you. Uh, 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 Newt is going to be the vice president, the vice presidential candidate, They've got him lined up just like they had Dick Cheney, and he, he may be vice president behind Perry, sort of echoing that, uh, that uh, Bush-Cheney administration, or it, or it could be the hapless, you know, governor with his nice haircut, but Newt for vice president, because from that aspect, he can run the whole show, or he believes he can, and it will yes. satisfy that part of the party that wants, you know, somebody slightly right of Hitler— uh, you know, child labor laws. Oh, my gosh. It has been an awful week yeah. <laughs> from that standpoint. But that's my, that's my thinking now. That means they could get Romney to be the presidential candidate, but they'd have the machine gun. You know, they'd have the guy, the guy in the black hood, uh, yeah. the professor, right behind him telling him what to do. Newt Gingrich, that son of a bitch, entered Congress— with almost no money at all. He had like his, his assets was something like $10,000 and he owed all of it to the bank. And by leveraging his position as a visionary, he's the, he would be the 60th wealthiest man in the whole Congress of almost 600 people. He's worth a lot of money because he's taken a lot of money from a lot of people to get a lot of favors done. He sold a lot of third-rate books. He's, you know, given all sorts of seminars. I got to say, the man is really busy. He's one of those guys that goes home and writes, okay? There's just no doubt about the fact that he's a can-do on certain areas. Well, he was a a professor, which meant that he had to go home and, you know, prepare a lecture for the next day. Sure, he's used to that. That's true. The problem with Newt, aside from the fact that he has no morals and that he is he's a liar. What could be more is, perfect for vice president, I'm telling you. Uh, that's true. That's true. And I hadn't thought about that. That actually qualifies it. Sure, Agnew, remember? I mean, yes. there's a long line of these vice presidents. Go ahead. But, Go ahead. Though. So, but, but here's the, the thing, Dave, as you notice, we, we know people like this, that they consider him an intellectual. Of course, he's a stupid person's idea of what an intellectual is. His idea is that he's got such a great brain because they say he's he, – uh, there's a great article on, on Newt, the bad boy, and Newt, the good boy. And he can do one of two things. He can brag or he can, or he can be mean. That's all he's got. And when he brags, it's because he thinks he's got 
a really powerful brain so that any idea that enters it, whether it's a good idea and he's had them or it's ideas as crazy as throwing out all the janitors in, in inner city yeah, schools yeah. and replacing them with 10-year-olds, he'll say it. There's no firewall between, you know, mind and mouth. And it's going, it's killed him before and it's going to kill him again. Here's the question, though. If he's vice president, Perry, I can't imagine that the Republican Party would try to run Perry against Obama. I mean, they, but here's the thing. The Republicans who vote, let's again remember that this isn't a general election. This is just a primary, okay? The Republicans who vote, 75% of them don't want Romney. Now, think about that. I mean, Romney right now in, Calif- in, 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 in Florida, a major state, is at like 13%. Uh, they just don't want him. Well, now, well, we'll see what happens when it comes down to the convention, which is another event. Uh, you know, will it be, as it were, open and democratic? Or, well, will, or will it be run from some, from, you know, Wall Street? Well, if Newt comes to the convention without enough delegates... Then it's going to be brokered, and then it could be it could go anyway, mm-hmm, you know. But mm-hmm. he may, he just may, with the momentum he has, carry it because there's nobody in his way. The only outsider, by the way, is beginning to, to gain some traction is John Huntsman. Okay. Oh, he's gone from uh, to what, one one point to two points, or to three percent. Three percent. Yeah. You start seeing articles today like conservatives discover that Huntsman is a conservative. Huntsman considering third-party run. Hmm. Huntsman's great quote on the fact that Donald Trump is going to run a, is going to host a Republican debate. Oh yeah, it was, it was his schedule just too tight to make it. He said, he said, I just going to sit back with a tub of popcorn and watch these people <laughs> basically kiss Donald's ass. That's what he said. You're He's fired. <laughs> yeah, you're fired. Oh, he wouldn't man. go near that man. And, you know, it's, it's, it's such a toxic circus, man. Well, I, I got – speaking of toxic like, circus, he, he, here's uh, – you know, they're, they're, the, the House is divided, as it were, against itself. The House is divided. The Republican House is divided about the continuing the tax cuts, the so-called middle-class tax cuts, which is actually less out of your paycheck for Social Security. Am I right? Mr. Economist? Uh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's um, less out of – it's uh, payroll – actually, no, it's, I don't think it's out of Social Security. I may Just be out wrong. of your pay- it's payroll tax? Uh, it, it is, yeah, it's the withholding tax. Anyway, it's, it's more, tax. more money, yeah. whatever it is, pennies or dollars. Uh, and it, proved to be a, 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 a stimulus. There's okay. no doubt about that. In an effort to round up – this is from the Times – in an effort to round up Republican votes for, th- for this bill, of which we are speaking, House Republican leaders said that they would include – proposals, get ready for it, easing air pollution standards for industrial boilers and clearing the way for construction of the Keystone XL oil pipeline from Alberta to the Gulf Coast. Republicans say these proposals will create jobs. (laughs) So there you are. Yes, in exchange for a modest increase in the income of people who are barely making it out there in America. We would like to dig up a big trench right down through the middle of the country. And fuck you. And, we, we and, we, and, and the boilers. The and boilers, the boilers. The boiler safety, we're just going to pass on that. Well, you know, their idea is, is that now, stay with me here for I'm a second. I'm afraid what I do, but go ahead. Newt has not only said that, that uh, uh, inner city kids, inner city youth should be janitors. Yep. But he said inner city youth have no work ethic. 
because yep. nobody's working there, and they don't know. Uh, they don't. All they do is work illegally, and they have no idea of of promising to be out, be there on Monday and showing up on Monday. So uh, he he wants to somehow get them jobs. Well, if you take away child labor laws, then you can put kids inside the boilers cleaning them. There you go. They're small enough to get through the grate. And stupid enough and uneducated enough and limited in their horizons enough to want to work inside a boiler. Thanks, Newt. I don't know. You give me a choice of selling crack on the corner or crawling inside that boiler mofo. You you dope, dude. Get out of my head. Get out. Hey, uh, you know, the fact is, of course, that uh, the statistics completely disprove Newt on this point. In fact, even the po- poorest people have somebody working. Mm-hmm. They do. I mean, there's somebody in the family working, uh, maybe at five or six jobs, or for no money at some, you know, car wash. But somebody has to work. They are working, so it's just a direct lie that there's neighborhoods filled full of of worthless, work ethic deprived uh, 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 peasantry. I mean, what? Where did? Oh. All right, he's got a new one, though. I don't know if you caught this one today. People are using their food stamps to fly to Hawaii. Oh. Yeah. Okay. No, I, 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 I missed that, but I'm, I'm, I'll close my mouth. Go ahead. Here's what he says. He says, well, you know, food stamps come now as credit cards. You go to the, you go to the you know, grocery store and they slip it through and it's money, right? Yep. He said, well, what they're doing is they're using it as a credit card to buy flights for Hawaiian vacations. Well, the agriculture department or whoever it is that handles this says, it's totally out of the question. It's totally restricted. You can't even buy vitamins <laughs> with, your, with, your, with your, you can't buy liquor, you can't buy vitamins, you can't buy cigarettes, okay? All you can buy is food. And the idea that you could go to the uh, Hawaiian Airlines uh, counter says, "Here is my food stamp card." <laughs> right, right. I'll I take it. I'll take my. I take my flight in in uh, uh, pineapples and uh, and bananas. Okay, <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> just check yeah, me out, man. Round trip first class, uh, uh, Mister Food Stamp here. Well, he where? called Obama the food stamp president. So we got oh, a man here who who, who doesn't think twice okay he's much more dangerous to himself than rick perry who just can't remember the third awful idea he has <laughs> it actually limits him it's to his advantage <laughs> yeah right everybody's advantage did well, you see what oh pelosi did to perry by the way when he said i want to meet with you immediately did you see that and uh, she made she gave I, I, a public, I don't want to approximate what she said no go ahead i love her man she yeah. is she's i'd love to spend some time with her she is so good uh, she p- got up and gave a press conference on it. She said, well, he's asked me to meet him immediately on Monday for uh, a confab. She says, unfortunately, on Monday uh, in the morning, I'm meeting with the Energy Committee. Uh, for lunch, I'm meeting with uh, you know Social Security or Homeland Security. And I have a third appointment, but uh, I can't remember what it is. <laughs> oh, boy. She's so rude. That's rude, man. That's rude. That's good. Well, you know, uh, sh- should we, should we, as a memorial to Herman Cain, should yeah. we not play one of his, one of his last commercials? Yeah, we should because we won't be hearing much more from Herman. I mean, he is going to make the great, you know, disappearing act. So let's play uh, an ad from Cain's campaign. Cain. You thought he was just a con man clown 
who was using his run for the presidency as a means of selling his books and raising his lecture fees. You were wrong. He's a lot more. He's a corporate coxman. Kane! Herminator the Sperminator. He's the harasser, the badasser, and the ladies love it. Except for a couple of uptight livers who can't take a poke or a joke. Kane! There's a whole bunch of honeys out there who couldn't say no when the Godfather invited them up to his suite to look at his 999. Kane! So if you want a flip-flopping, backpedaling bitch, then vote for Mitt the Mormon. If you want a pompous, pathetic, pussy-whip professor, then go for the newt. But if you want a real man who's not afraid to put his Johnson on the line, then your only choice is... Kane! I'm Herman Kane, and I approve this ad. Hell, it gets me hot. Hmm. What about that cutie down at headquarters? Well, I can't say that I'm sad to see that garden gnome sink into the mud. Yes, sirree. But, Pete, um, Obamacare, is it back in the news? Uh, Does it mean anything? Is it going to win or lose Obama's election? I mean, what's happening out there in the world? Dave, it is big time. And this comes from not some sort of, like, the left-wing screed. This is from Forbes magazine, okay? Well, and it's by, yeah, it, it ain't the National Review, but it's pretty conservative. And it's by Rick Unger, and this was sent to me along with many other fabulous uh, articles by Mr. Ingracie there on uh-huh. the island. Yeah. The doctor has been supplying me with some fabulous stuff, so thank you very much, Rick. And this is called The Bomb Buried in Obamacare Explodes Today, meaning today. Ouch. Hallelujah. Oh. I'm going to read it to you in its entirety because it's amazing, right? The whole, the whole um, uh, dialogue on uh, national health has changed, and we didn't even know it. it. says, this is Rick speaking, I have uh, long argued uh, that the impact of the Affordable Care Act is not nearly as big a deal as opponents would have you believe. At the end of the day, the law in the main is little more than a successful effort to put an end to some of the more egregious health insurer abuses while creating an environment that should bring more Americans into programs that will give them at least some of the health care coverage they need. There is, however, one notable exception, and it's one that should have a long-lasting and powerful impact on the future of health care in this country. That would be the provision of the law called the medical loss ratio that requires health insurance companies to spend 80% of the consumer's premium dollars they collect 85% for large group insurers on actual medical care rather than overhead, marketing expenses, and profit. Failure on the part of insurers to meet the requirement will result in the insurers having to send their customers a rebate check representing the amount in which they underspend on actual medical care. Oh, oh. This is the time bomb contained in Obamacare and the one item that will have more impact on the future of how medical care is paid for in this country than anything we've seen in quite some time. Indeed, it is this aspect of the law that represents the true death panel found in Obamacare, but not one that is going to lead to the death of American consumers. Rather, the medical loss ratio will ultimately lead to the death of large parts of the private for-profit health insurance industry. Why? 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 
All right, I'm, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Why? Because there is absolutely no way for profit health insurers are going to be able to learn how to get by and still make a profit while being forced to spend at least 80% of the receipts providing their customers with the coverage for which they paid. If they could, we would we would never have seen the extraordinary efforts made by these companies to avoid paying benefits to their customers at the very moment they need it the most. Today, the bomb goes off. Today, the Department of Health and Human Services issues the rules of what insurer expenditures will and will not qualify as a medical expense for purposes of meeting the requirement. As it turns out, the HHS isn't screwing around. They actually mean to mean to see it that the insurance companies spend what they should be taking care of. They spend the money they should be using to take care of their customers. Here's an example. For months, health insurance brokers and salespeople have been lobbying to have the commissions they earn for selling an insurer's program to consumers be included as a medical expense for purposes under the rules. Oh. HHS has today given them the official thumbs down as well they should have. Selling me a health insurance policy is simply not the same as providing me with the medical care I am entitled under the policy. Sales is clearly an overhead in any business, and HHS has included it as a medic, as a medic, not as a medical cost. So, can private health insurance companies manage to make profit when they actually have to spend premium receipts taking care of their customers' health needs as promised? Here's what he says. Not a chance. Not a chance. And, uh -oh. and they know it. Indeed, we are already seeing the parent companies who own these insurance operations fleeing into other types of investments, probably uh, credit default swaps. <laughs> yeah. They know what we should know. We are now on an inescapable path to a single-payer system for most Americans, and thank goodness for it. He goes on to say that, he uh, just goes on to say that this is happening. There will still be some for profit, you know, for the wealthy. If you want to, if you know, if you don't want to be part of the single payer, but the fact is, is that everybody's going to profit. Everyone wins, he says, except for the for profit insurers. I can live with that, Rick Unger. Mm, wow, Rick oh, Unger I'll in bet. Forbes magazine. All right, Forbes Pete. magazine. Well, that's man. something to think so about. That's it's that's, been vetted. That's some you know? legislation that uh, must have slipped by somehow. Well, the reason— Or, or is it the regulation that's ha that happened? No, it's a stipulation. It's, yeah, not, so it's, well, in, it's it, in the legislation. It's not just yeah, a regulation from the— No, from, no it's, a, it's part of the law that the Congress passed. And yeah. the reason it slipped by is that liberals spent so much time— uh, denigrating Obama for not bringing in single payer, you know, with the plan. Right. Just like they never took a solid look at the stimulus. They're still saying, telling us the stimulus is a failure. And some of the major issues in the stimulus uh, package won't kick in for a couple of years. So that's why, because we didn't pay attention. Suddenly the man who said we can, we suddenly said, no, he can't. And we, we despaired of him, you know. And yes, we learned he's a centrist, and yes, he's tied rather hand and foot to Wall Street with the rest because he is the leader of the Democratic Party. You know, those people are deeply uh, involved. Oh, talk about the, the Wall Street, David. How about Hank Paulson? Oh, tell me, tell me, what did Hank do now? Well, when Hank was uh, dealing with the bailout of the banks, yeah, right, as Secretary of the Treasury. He was meeting secretly with his Wall Street friends and telling him what he was doing. 
giving them vast insider information, and we don't even know how many times he met with them. Can he be sent to the penitentiary forever for insider trading? I mean, what is that? Oh, he's the same. I, I don't think, well, I don't think they can send him to the pen for this because nobody knows what was said. Uh, but basically, it has ruined his reputation. And, and, uh, and the, the HBO did that uh, uh doc on him, you know, a, do, a docudrama on, on the bailout in which I think it was Heard, was it Heard that played uh, Paulson? And he's the lead in it. And he comes off as a, as a likable man with the, the, that sailed through troubled times. The guy is just like everybody else. You know, he's from Goldman Sachs of crap. Yeah. You know, yeah. They're, they're all a bunch <laughs> of, of sleazy bastards. Uh, Occupy Wall Street is absolutely right. Absolutely right. So there you go. What do you know? Well, I, 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 I don't know what Occupy Wall Street and the Occupy movement in general is doing these days after being chased off all the streets. There's a lot of bad, you know, bad uh, cop publicity. But there cops, is. you know, cops, if they're used for political purposes, are Nazis. I'm sorry. You know, you, you, you use your police force. Uh, for political purposes, and you might as well be a police state because that's what you are. And police so, state, boom, yeah. yeah, yeah, boomity boom. Right, there's an old one. But uh, uh, and we've seen a lot of that police statism going on, um, uh, you know, in in L.A. and in New York to some extent. Although I think Bloomberg <laughs> prefers to fly in by night. And, yeah, uh, you know, well, stealth uh, operation there here in here so, in Los Angeles. Villa yeah. Ragosa gave them extra time, but the fact is, he made a serious mistake. He doesn't realize. Oh, by the way, he sent in undercover police into the uh, settlement beforehand. They discovered. Yeah, that well, there's now. nothing else for those people who are being paid by nine eleven money to do, but uh, you know, investigate no, left wingers. Yeah, uh, left. So uh, he has he has completely kiboshed any chance of national office. He doesn't realize how bad this is. Look what look where Bloomberg is standing right now. The perfect man, right? The true mm. independent, the the rich man who who's who's interested in us all has turned out to be a bloody one percenter. No doubt about it. No surprise know? there. No, ah, uh, no. But well, you know, it's a city of one percenters and. And ninety nine percenters, and so you you know, I guess the ninety one of the ninety nine percenters is out there in the Bronx as a councilman taking graft. Yeah, that probably. seems to be the news from the big city. Gosh. Well, you know, I can deal with graft, okay, because it's local. All right, it's, it's no fun. It's not a good thing, but it's very small. Okay, it's like it's thieving locally. Yes, but, right, but, right. Yes, yes, thief we're, locally. We're ta- right. Yeah, but we're talking about the thief globally types, there man. You I go. mean, okay, look, here's something. That's hey, let's get that as a bumper sticker, Mister Mister Bergman. I like that. <laughs> thief locally. <laughs> thief locally. Uh, thrive globally, right? Thrive globally, yeah. Well, uh, um, the euro, the euro is about to explode. Blah, blah, and everybody, everybody is blaming the uh, incontinent Greeks, the yeah. Greeks who won't pay taxes, which is true. Of course, the one percent don't pay taxes either. Uh, we we have this, of course, prejudice about 
Greece or about Europe in general. We think that they're lusty and lazy and that they take siestas. And they All just, except they, the Germans. The Germans work 24-7, please. Yes, and the Germans, as we understand now, they just can't be expected to carry the entire Eurozone. And Whoa. all these stories going down. And Merkel gets up two days ago and says, it's going to take years to, to solve this issue. Yes, <laughs> it keeps us very busy. I will be in office now until the 20th. 22nd century. But what they don't talk about, the yeah. fact is one of the major causes for the collapse of the euro is the recession that we caused. All of the junk that we sent over to Europe that they bought on, you know, on, on our bona fides, which was just crap. You know, and that's one of the reasons there's no money. There's there's a liquidity problem. Um, there's also uh, there's all kinds of problems, but that can only be solved by not only pumping money into the economies, but basically buying the goods of somebody else besides Germany and France. You know, and well, you know, they pump money they, instead of pumping money into the into the economy, they pump money into the banks who hold yeah, on to it. Absolutely, and, and by the way. Yeah, go ahead. What? Well, I mean, let's. How do how do you pump money into the economy? All right. Is it not public sector works? Yes, it has to be public sector. Well, works. there That's you are. Otherwise, you're you know you're paying off Ford Motor in order yeah. that they hire some more people to make cars that nobody wants. Uh, well, God for, bless them. May, maybe they're making cars that people want now. You know. Well, here's the deal. You don't you don't give money directly to International Harvester or to John Deere. You put money into repairing the highways, and so they buy John Deere's to do it. Okay, go. so it, it it's a capitalist idea. Okay, um, but that, one one of the things that that Occupy Wall Street is basically saying is you're not taking care of the commonwealth. You're not taking anyone else into consideration. And while people may say that OSW, uh, OWS, excuse me, has no agenda, it has encouraged and ignited all kinds of issues coming forward and being discussed. You know, there are, there are liberals and progressives and uh, greenies and get more for less and uh, communitarians, all these types, are suddenly appearing on television and on radio and people are actually listening to them because OWS has raised our consciousness of the Commonwealth. I thought they, was all, I thought they was all hippies and homeless people out there in the street. Don't they, do they have jobs, Mr. Bergman? I no, mean, they don't have. Then they no, don't they have. Don't. Then what are they? Then they have to be on the street. Then I guess don't have the gumption to rise up by their own bootstraps and and shine their own shoes in midair. Okay. Well, or yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. Well, there's uh, there's a good there's a good ninety nine percent gym where you pull yourself up by your own bootstraps as right. an exercise. That's, it's the Newt, Newt Gingrich gym regimen, right? Pulling yourself up by your bootstraps and I shining built, your shoes in midair. That's yeah, it, right. man. I oh. built this huge upper body, says Newt, pulling myself up by my bootstraps. <laughs> well, well, wait a minute. Was, wait, you, you left the eurozone here, and I want to know if we're, if 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 it's going if it's going to exist. I mean, Angela Merkel says it's going to you know take a thousand years, the thousand year uh, uh, Euro Reich, in order to get this done. Do you think Greece happen. is just going to say, you know, screw it, we're going to go back and bask in the sun and have a good time and drink wine, you know? 
the problem is the Germans own the sun. Uh-oh. <laughs> We're in big trouble there. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that the, the euro – one of the problems is that every time there's some sort of false hope out of Europe, our stock market rockets up. And every time somebody over in Europe takes a negative P, it rockets down. Yeah. And, the, and the thing you have to worry about in the stock market is volatility. Because if you start seeing this jagged saw edge running across, you know, then you know you're in real problems. And yeah, I think the euro is going to go through at least a serious correction. And with it goes, well, let's see. There are banks in this country with over a trillion dollars worth of European sovereign debt. Okay? Oh, That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. And a third of all loans to America come from Europe. So that's going to dry up. I mean, there are lots of scenarios here, Dave, and they ain't good. You know what I mean? They just ain't good. Except here's a good one. Well, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna mention. I'm gonna give you this, which is which is upscale, and we should then listen to the OWS anthem that I told you about. Okay? Yeah. You know, yep. I say. Okay. Uh, uh, Rick and Gracie and Gracie again sent me this lovely article that this man the man saying it's getting better. First of all, he said, for the first time in many decades, there are now more farms in America than less. And most of those are small farms. And they're organic, and they're local, and they sell within a local radius, okay? So fewer people get poisoned by thousand-mile eggs, all right? Mm -hmm. It's the first thing. Second of all, he said, banks are, there is a real movement to decentralize banks. Uh, uh, OWS has set up its own credit union. I mean, I don't think they own it, but they're helping people set up credit mm. unions. All right, that's another thing. And, oh, and the decentralization of energy. There was a, a, a study done. It was actually a, a, a flyover of the, the roofs of, man, of, uh, of uh, New York City. And there is enough sun-receiving roof square footage in New York City to uh, produce half of their energy needs. Whoa. Okay. And that's the city that lights are on all the time. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, and that's what really people are afraid of. There was this guy, I don't remember what his name is, Luke Kerlakis, who said, uh, OWS scares me to death. They're giving capitalism a bad name. I'm really scared. <laughs> <laughs> they're giving capitalism a bad no they're giving certain capitalists a bad name yeah, it's not it, about capitalism it's you know i was thinking back to newt and his and his third marriage to callista the catholic yes. and and really wondering when he went through his uh, catechism or whatever you have to do to become uh, you know to convert to uh, being a catholic did was was the word compassion uh, or any teaching about uh, Jesus Christ uh, that had to do with compassion, and did somehow Newt not get to that lecture? I'm just wondering. Well, I think that Newt basically was told, "You're not a Catholic. You don't get any." Yes, <laughs> that's right. Uh, gets right. No, I think it's. Uh-huh. I think it's that. I'm not didn't, going to didn't move, with, didn't move with no his Protestant his his <laughs> fundamental. Uh, uh, frame of mind, you know, introduction to to this serious religion in which, yeah, okay. Well, which I was just hoping. Which is converted to. Well, yeah. maybe he thought since it helped Jack Kennedy or it didn't hurt Jack Kennedy, it won't hurt him. Anyway, this this song we're going to listen yeah, to let's is hear a it. young man named Makana, M-A-K-A-N-A, he's Hawaiian, and uh, he sang this song in, uh, in 
two places, by the way. This is quite viral. You can find this easily on YouTube, and it, you can get it free from him, from his site. And um, he sang the song to Barack Obama, and he was also um, uh, at a some gathering, I believe it was in Hawaii, of major nabobs. It was like, you know, kind of the bohemian club of, uh, <laughs> of Hawaii with yeah. all sorts of there. And he sang the song, and he kept singing it over and over again. It's on YouTube also, him doing it. And slowly people are looking around and listening to the lyrics. He said it was a total gas. So here's Makana with We Are The Many. Come here, gather round the stage The time has come for us to voice our rage Against the ones who've trapped us in a cage To steal from us the value of our wage From underneath the vestiture of law The lobbyists at Washington do not at liberty the bureaucrats guffaw And until they are purged we won't withdraw We'll occupy the streets We'll occupy the courts We'll occupy the offices of you Till you do The bidding of the many, not the few Our nation was built upon the right Of every person to improve their plight The laws of this republic they rewrite And now a few own everything in sight They own it free of liability they own that they are not like you and me Their influence dictates legality And until they are stopped, we are not free We'll occupy the streets We'll occupy the courts We'll occupy the offices of you Till you do the bidding of the many, not the few You enforce your monopolies with guns While sacrificing our daughters and sons But certain things belong to everyone your thievery has left the people none So take heed of our notice to redress We had little to lose, we must confess Your empty words do leave us unimpressed A growing number join us in protest We occupy the streets we occupy the courts We occupy the offices of you 
until you do The bidding of the many, not the few You can't divide us into sides And from our gaze you cannot hide Denial serves to amplify And our allegiance you can't buy Our government is not for sale The banks do not deserve a bail We will not reward those who fail We will not move till we prevail We'll occupy the streets We'll occupy the courts We'll occupy the offices of you Till you do The bidding of the many, not the few We'll occupy the streets We'll occupy the courts We'll occupy the offices of you Till you do The bidding of the many, not the few We are the many You are the few Yeah, we'll occupy the courts. Yeah, right. <laughs> we'll occupy the streets. We'll occupy the offices of you until you do the bidding of the many and not the few. Makana. Okay, here's a couple of things that you'd like to know, David. I want you to know that the, that the right wing is looking out for you and looking out for your kids. This guy, Kyle Smith at the New York Post, which is a real raver a newspaper in New York, right? It's the... <laughs> It's the tabloid. Yeah, it's the three, said, three, three word headlines are there, you know. Because that, that's basically the, the vocabulary. <laughs> yes, right. So Kyle Smith, New York Post, says he loved the first Happy Feet. Okay, he's talking now. He's a, doing a film uh, review. But he wrote that the sequel, Happy Feet 2, promotes collectivism, Feminism, international bailouts, vegetarianism, same-sex marriage, the United Nations, and even Occupy Wall Street, which he acknowledges didn't exist during the movie-making process. Wait, 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 wait. This is a movie about penguins? Yeah, yeah. This is mm-hmm. a cartoon movie right. about penguins? Yeah, he says, uh, well, pl- well played, lefties. <laughs> this is Kitty Karl Marx. Okay, <laughs> this is in the New York Post. This is a movie review. Oh, this is a movie review. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so what are they? Two. The, the, the collective penguins. I mean, aren't they a collective? I don't know. Do uh, they have an industrial policy? Am I, uh, there probably are intimations that they're a that they're a flock. So oh. that's collectivism, <laughs> right? That's flocked right there. And, and the guy that that wrote it said, "Yes, he did talk about 
global warming affecting them, and I'm probably the female cartoon characters are treated on a parody with the male cartoon characters. So there's feminism for Uh you. I don't know where the United Nations comes in. And I think if you take happy feet one as a modulus, it's kind of hard to put an equal sign between it and das Kapital. (laughs) Good Lord. I mean, all right, so let's move on. Okay, it's, it's getting weirder and weirder out there. Oh, well, it's great to be an American. Now, you probably <laughs> caught this one if you didn't. Hello, everybody. This will certainly stand out on the refrigerator. A Scottsdale, Arizona gun club is offering a chance for its members to create holiday cards for which children and their families pose with Santa and a cache of pistols and other military-style rifles. One image shows a sitting Santa with snowflakes and a Christmas tree behind him, flanked by an $80,000 machine gun <laughs> and a tripod-mounted rifle. Ron Kennedy, the general manager of the gun club, said he got the idea where when a member came in dressed as Santa and other members wanted a photo taken with him holding their guns. Mm-hmm. Our members have been looking for a fun and safe way to express their holiday spirit and passion for firearms. Kennedy said, and there's a picture of a kid saying they're holding like, you know, an RK-57 rocket launcher on <laughs> Santa's lap. Oh, man. Only in America. Can, Only oh, in yeah, America. Yeah, and Santa, can I have, you know, I like, I'd like my own army. And not oh. little guys, but big guys. And you know what I really want my army for, Santa? What? I, I want to kill those, com- I want to kill those commie penguins. Oh, well, then what you'll need here is the new Super Glock with the penguin rounds. Ba-doom, That's ba-doom, right. Ba-doom. There they ba-doom. go. I hate oh, penguins. Yes, Collectivist absolutely. bastards. Bunch of animals. Feminists. Feminist, feminist collectivist Marxist animals. Well, <laughs> I'm not the least bit surprised that we put the do line up in Alaska. <laughs> maybe no, maybe, maybe the, the whole United the- Nations thing is that, that the penguins would really uh, would like not for any particular country to own Antarctica. That's it. That's, of course, it. That's is that it? Okay. Theme. Glad we I don't solved know. that one. I don't know. What do I know? This guy's crazy. <laughs> well, David, why don't, you bring us, why don't you bring us down to earth, so to speak, with a poem? Before we leave these lovely people for another week. Oh, boy. Well, this has been a lot of fun. And it's the In Between the Birthday program. And I, yeah, I, the book just opened to this one. So this is the Magic Retrieval birthday poem. And I think it works. Here. There you go. Uh, and and uh, who, who's, this, the, who's this by? What? I'm in Tufu territory here. I love Tufu. Okay. Music and ceremony to correct my faults. Mountains and forests to addle me with joy. I nod till my silk cap starts to slide off. The sun that warms my back brightens my bamboo book. When the fall wind knocks down pine cones, I gather them. When the weather turns cold, I open the hives to collect the honey. Alas, a few last flowers here and there. I stop to inhale their fragrance. 
Boy, that would that would that would make make my week. There you go. Like Hope it does, bro. And 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 yeah. many, many happy birthday, Dave. Yeah, yeah. Many yeah, it's many my more. birthday week. Yeah, yeah. Many more for us. Yes, yeah. you know, since this is still my birthday week on my everything you know is wrong blogs, I'm I'm doing a lot of kind of reminiscing because oh, birthday good. week's the time to do that. So you know, by the way, today, forty seven years ago, I joined the U.S. Army at Fort Dix. New Jersey as a six month wonder. Yeah. Well, uh-huh. this I'll is say, Army Day. The Army Day for Bergman. All right, pal. I'll see you. Uh, <clears throat> I see you in um, uh, Portland very soon. Yes, indeed. Fireside Theater in Portland, 9th and 10th at uh, the Winningstad. And uh, look forward to seeing all of our Portlandians and people in the general area. Everybody from Eugene and, and you know, you name it. Bend, I, I don't know, Salem. Anyway, see you, Dave. See everybody. It's Radio Free Oz is made possible by Dave Maloney, who records us up at beautiful Blue U and Chaz Glass, who keeps us actuarially honest, and Scott Wilde, who, who keeps us thoroughly social network, Tom Gedwillow, our, our webmaster, and Tom O'Neill, our web designer, and Phil Fountain, our fabulous graphic designer. Thank you all. Thank you, Dave. And see you all next week. And don't forget to go up and hit the green button on RadioFreeOz.com and contribute because we need the bucks to give you the yucks. 